and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week, we're talking about the Night Huntress book series, specifically book one, Halfway to the Grave, the new Fox TV series, Pivoting. And now that Carrie has seen it, we're going to do a quick revisit of the Showtime <laughs> series, Yellow Jackets, which we originally covered just a couple of episodes ago, right? So Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't you don't have to like rewatch it. You're just talking about it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have been reading a good book series that you have been enjoying. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm going to mostly focus on the book one, Halfway to the Grave. The Night Huntress series is by Janine Frost, and there's like kind of multiple little side series with it, but the primary series is seven books. Halfway to the Grave, One Foot in the Grave, At Grave's End, Destined for an Early Grave, This Side of the Grave, <laughs> One Grave at a Time, and Up from the Grave. So she's okay. fond of little <laughs> punny titles. I always, yeah. like, I, I don't know, I find that, that kind of thing kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, so this is an urban fantasy paranormal romance series. They were released between 2007 and 2014. Um, some of her side series are like kind of current she's got like the night rebel series that is like going even she released a book um last february so these are kind of still still happening but the primary series is a little bit wrapped up this is primarily about a girl named Catherine cat crawford and a vampire named bones and cat is a half vampire so in this world you can be like a half human, half vampire. And how does that work? Well, it's a little bit complicated. And since I've only re only finished book one, it's not super okay. duper obvious yet. But anyway, she um, she's not a fan of vampires. And so she uses the slight physical advantage that she has as a half human, half vampire to be a vampire slayer. Hmm. So she will go and find vampires and like lure them away from wherever they are and uh, slay them. And one night she almost slays this guy named Bones. That's not his, that's a nickname. And he turns out to be a vampire who is a bounty hunter on other vampires. So mm -hmm. they decide to team up. He kind of like trains her to be even more like fight capable and they go in search of like really super bad vampires that are involved in like human trafficking and stuff oh, geez. so it gets a little bit like dark in places but i like it because they are really funny together they have like a quick banter relationship they do kind of fall in love so there's a romance element but the interesting thing is kind of the mythology of vampires and magical creatures is a little bit different and yeah, like it's just kind of like it's got a lot of action. So if you want to focus more on the urban fantasy action parts of it, that's there. It is very romance heavy. So if you like romance, it's got that. And if you like books that have that quick wit and funny, you know, verbal repartee, it's got that too. I really like the character of Bones because he's not very typical for a vampire. Okay. He's... It's not that he's against all vampires, but he's got a very like clear moral code and doesn't like vampires who exploit humans. Mm. He thinks that you can be a vampire and not 
harm people. And um, she's not encountered a quote unquote good vampire before. So it's kind of a, a new thing for her. And there's a lot of also family angst between Kat and her mom. They have a very rocky relationship. So there's some interesting things there. Like I said, I'm not super far in this. I've read all of Halfway to the Grave and I'm on the second book, mm-hmm. One Foot in the Grave. And I think I also like too that Kat is very strong and we meet her when she's pretty young. She's in her 20s. She's in college and she kind of matures um, through the series. And it's interesting to see kind of her thought processes. Oh, the other thing is that it's set in Ohio oh. and Bones makes it clear to Kat that Ohio is like this strange, like it attracts supernatural beings because of (laughs) certain geographical things about it and also like infrastructure things. And it's just kind of this, I don't know, know. it's like a dumb justification for it. But I was like, sure. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) So some of the towns and the people are fictional, but like sometimes they'll drop in some random like actual Ohio thing. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> and it reminded me of, of the Kim Harrison Paranormal Romance series. All of the titles of that series are based on Clint Eastwood movies. And that series oh. is set in Cincinnati. So okay. I really like those, those books. And so this has a lot of things in common with that. So awesome. yeah, it was just kind of, I enjoyed, like, it's, it really compelled me. And I was surprised mm-hmm. that as soon as I finished the first one, I was like, oh, I have to get the second one. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I'm probably going to go kind of slow because I'm reading multiple things at once right now. Mm -hmm. But I needed a new series to kind of pop in and out of. So this is really filling that void for me. Nice. And I I enjoy it. I'm glad. I love that one of the things to get you to read a book is to set it in Ohio. Well, I mean... No, but I get it. I get it. It's tickling to see places you know. Yeah, I didn't actually know they were set in Ohio when I read the first one. And I actually, like, I was just kind of looking for what is another good paranormal romance or urban fantasy series to start. Mm -hmm. And this came up on like a recommended on Goodreads. Because I'm reading Jesse Thomas's series, but she's only got two books in that. So I'm kind of savoring the second book. And I wanted (laughs) something that had a little bit more books in it. So I could kind of pivot back and forth. So I think it's good. I think you might enjoy it. It is... Some of the action stuff gets a little bit violent, and it's even a little bit too much for me at times, but that might be the only thing that would be a little bit not as fun for you. But it's it's really funny and snarky, and it's a good time. Sounds good. Thanks. But you wanted us to watch this this comedy series. It's not like a <laughs> laugh-out-loud sitcom, but this no. co- sort of edgy, weird little comedy series on Fox called Pivoting. <laughs> I've only watched the first episode, but you've watched farther, so yeah. maybe... I think that's where you went wrong. I should have watched more. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I because last week I saw that there were three episodes out, and I, I I thought it looked interesting, and I tried the first one and it was okay, but then when I watched more, I was like, okay, this is this is uh, enjoyable. Okay, but it's a new comedy on Fox, and it stars Maggie Q as Sarah, Eliza Coop as Amy, and Jennifer Goodwin as Jody. And the very simple premise is the fourth member of their friend group has recently passed away from cancer, and they all sort of use it as a wake-up call to change their lives. And some are sillier than others. So Amy is a mom, 
and she's married to Henry, who's played by Tommy Dewey, who puts up with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got like an eight-year-old son named Luke and like a one-year-old daughter. And she she produces a cooking show in the morning. And her new resolution is to come home in the afternoons and be with her kids more. Mm-hmm. But she she seems like one of those moms who doesn't actually like her kids sometimes. <laughs> so it's a little bit hard to watch, but I think she gets better as the as the series goes. Mm-hmm. And then Jody is stuck in an unhappy marriage. Uh, she's got like teenage kids and preteen kids. And she goes to the gym to try to lose weight and get in better shape and has this crush on her trainer who's like 20 years younger than she is. (laughs) So that's not my favorite storyline, but we'll see where it goes, I guess. And then my favorite storyline is Sarah's. She plays the doctor and she just quits one day and then she's grocery shopping and she's like i want to work here so (laughs) she becomes a grocery store bagger (laughs) and it's just absurd yeah (laughs) and i know like in the real world those those two jobs are very different but they're stressful in different ways Mm -hmm. but she is just like i'm gonna have a great time bagging and she becomes employee of the month right away (laughs) and i think she has a maybe an easier time of it than someone in real life would switching into that job yeah but i enjoy it because i think i really i mean not that i'm a doctor but i think i kind of identify with that idea of just like dropping everything and starting over Mm -hmm. and the way she does it is just silly and weird and it (laughs) yeah it makes me laugh i don't know she's in the she's in the grocery store in the first episode and she sees how like every employee has like a happy face and they're all like laughing together and they have like buttons on their on their clothes that have slogans i don't know it's just and she has and there's like music playing and it's slow motion she's like they're all so happy and i'm i'm sitting there going no working retail of any kind is not like yeah. you're idealizing this a lot and i didn't love to how in her job interview she acted like because she'd been a doctor of course they would hire her and the guy interviewing her is like do you have any experience as a cashier like like a legitimate like this is not just a transferable skill set you have you right yeah so she has to start out as a bagger but she's still delighted so (laughs) i think she does run into some issues there's an episode a bit later where she's kind of trying too hard and none of her coworkers like her (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i hope she learns that everybody's job is hard in a different way yeah i think that's that should be her takeaway Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure being a surgeon is stressful in a you know the stresses are different but the stresses exist across industry so yeah for sure so hopefully that's what she realizes throughout the season but we'll see (laughs) and i do want to mention that luke amy's son is just like obsessed with animals. <laughs> the most recent episode that I watched, they were at a roller rink and he was like flapping his arms and calling him some kind of bird. And the whole episode, Amy's just like trying to get him to be a little bit more normal. But by the end, she embraces it a little bit, which I think is very good. Aww. But yeah, he's very cute. And he just spouts animal facts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I 
did like in the first episode that one of her problems, she usually leaves her kids with a nanny in the afternoons, but she has to take her kids to Jody's house and she doesn't think to bring a diaper bag for the baby. So there's a massive, there's a massive <laughs> problem that she has to like duck into a Starbucks and go change a diaper. And it just, I don't know, it was really, it was gross, but it was also like, <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> the things yeah. you're not aware of not being around your kids like all day, every day. So yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I think I'll probably watch more and I'll get more into it. It is, I like all three of those actresses. I do mm-hmm. think that Maggie Q is a, a unique casting choice for this kind of tone of a show because she's not, I don't think of her with comedy. She, um, yeah. the most recent thing I saw her in was Designated Survivor and she was like an FBI agent and like doing action-y things and drama. Yeah. And I just like, that's her normal thing. Eliza Coop is from Happy Endings and like a lot of very broad comedic roles. She was in the last seasons of Scrubs. So I do, she's great at comedy. So this is exactly her wheelhouse. And Jennifer Goodwin is sort of like in between. I've seen her in stuff that's both more dramatic and more comedic and she's doing a good job. But yeah, I'm a little, her storyline was problematic in some ways. And I, I hope that it gets better where she decides this is not necessary for her and she can pivot to something else. So Yes, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I'm enjoying it just because I've needed like nice half hour comedies. And it's fun to see women who don't have it all put together, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that there's an expectation that especially by your early 40s, you should be like, you're, you're fully you and you're great and you never need to reassess and you you're established like that is all a lot of lies so (laughs) so I think it's completely especially these days it is much more common to realize oh wait this is I need to figure something else out and I do think that a death of a friend as sad as that is as an impetus like that that is the kind of thing that maybe should cause you to you know reevaluate your your priorities a little bit so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so I'll keep watching it you watch a couple more episodes and tell me if you uh, like it a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it is getting really good reviews. So I think maybe the pilot just had pilot-itis and I need to get more into it. So Cool. Cool. So you went ahead and watched Yellow Jackets after I <laughs> like squeed about it for too long. <laughs> and we had our original segment on it. So yeah, what did you think? I know it, it stressed you out, didn't it? It stressed me out so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you're not as big of a kind of horror adjacent person as me. But yeah, so what stressed you out about this? Okay, so I was very intrigued because you called it so feminist. And there are a lot of female characters, which I was intrigued by. I think what got me was that it's mostly real life horror. Like I'm obviously, I'm not going to crash in the Canadian wilderness with a group (laughs) of teenagers who will eat me. But at the same time, like it's, it's not as removed as like maybe a ghost story or a different kind of like like a slasher movie. Everything yeah. was like very very real and 
I think that's what made it so terrifying. Okay. I was, I called this a dreadful ex- viewing experience <laughs> because I was literally full of dread, like, the whole time. Oh. oh. But, like, in, it wasn't, <laughs> I think I'm maybe overselling it. I obviously wanted to keep watching. Yeah. And I was very glued to it. And I, uh, I watched it in, like, five days or something. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So I was, I wanted to find out what happened, but yeah, every moment, mostly, I was just very stressed out. I was like, what's going to happen? Is someone going to get eaten? (laughs) 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 Whose leg is coming off in this episode, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what did you like about it? Because if you watched it all in five days, you had to have, because you could have given up. Nobody was forcing you to watch this. <laughs> I know. I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, one of the things is I'm, I'm enjoying sort of pushing my boundaries a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when I say I didn't hate the viewing experience, it just was very mm-hmm. heightened and it, it yeah. was very emotional, which sometimes is very good. And sometimes I'm like, no, I'm going to go watch Pivoting and chuckle a couple times in half an hour, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think it was very good at atmosphere and suspense and all that stuff. But yeah, I definitely wanted to figure out what the heck was going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I liked, I did like the 1996 storyline a little bit more than the 2021 one. Okay. Although I like all the actresses in the 2021 version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I was just very intrigued by the idea of teenagers set loose cuz I felt like it was always on a tipping point of like this could go well, like they could all band together and survive or it could go poorly and I felt like it was always on that tipping point. Yeah. Until maybe the last two episodes. I was really really intrigued by Shauna and Jackie's relationship mm-hmm. because I love I love that it was so strong and I love that they were sort of willing to die for each other quite literally mm-hmm. but at the same time it's it seems very unhealthy <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think you know teenagers are never 100% happy and I think they both had issues going on that they needed to address before things got to a head so i was really Mm -hmm. intrigued by like how that relationship was going to go whether it was going to fall apart or whether it was going to get stronger and i liked some of the other girls in the in the past and i really liked juliette lewis as an actress Mm -hmm. she was probably my favorite in the in the 2021 timeline Mm -hmm. christina ricci was fantastic but she was terrifying and Misty terrifies me. (laughs) (laughs) Misty is, I think sort of the breakout character from this in both her teen version and her grown up version. In the past, she's played by Sammy Hanratty and then Christina Ricci plays her as an adult. And both of them just do so many subtle things and overt things that are extremely creepy. (laughs) And yeah, like, but Juliette Lewis as grown up Nat, I want to, I want to, I don't remember if I mentioned this moment in my, in our previous episode, but I just want to say a thing that typifies her 
or exemplifies her as a character. It's not really a spoiler. And toward the end of the series, she has this moment where she tries to get a candy bar out of a vending machine. And it does that horrible thing where it just hangs there off the hook and it doesn't come. And so she just takes a fire extinguisher and smashes the glass. But then all she does is take what she paid for and she goes on with her day. And that is her character in a nutshell. She is chaotic good. And she, you know, she has a set of standards, but she also is not unwilling to cause a little bit of chaos if she needs to, to get there. So I just thought that was, that was relatable insofar as like, I, w- I would have wanted to do that time and again, if I had been <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit less afraid of social repercussions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think her character is very relatable. Yes. So with the 2021 timeline, it was so interesting because they build up tension in very similar ways and you're just like like with the past storyline it's like oh this is definitely gonna lead to something bad and in the present one you're like they could they could make good decisions but then they never do (laughs) (laughs) in both storylines very shocking things frequently happen that you're like oh and if they'd made better choices it might not have had to have happened Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, oh, Yeah. But I do like that it sort of explores the relationship between girlhood and wildness in a way. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you're just, like, set free from social norms. And I like that the women and when they're girls, they have to rely on each other. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I like that all four in the present kind of do tend to stick together, uh-huh. even if they all have a different a different line that they might or might not cross. Uh-huh. Misty's be- being <laughs> the one that probably no one else would cross, but we'll, we'll, we, we'll see in season two, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she does some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I feel like there's one more thing I wanted to say, but I mean, obviously it sucked me in and yeah. I I do think that it maybe didn't give me quite enough answers at the end uh-huh. and it opened up a lot more for season two. So I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch season two if I can, uh-huh. if I can get another free track free trial of showdown <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah i wanted to say what i'm not gonna spoil it but you do find out what happens to jackie in the last episode mm-hmm. and i think it really exemplified that <sighs> teenager feeling of like everything feels so big mm-hmm. so you react in a big way and then bad stuff might happen and you're just like, that was so stupid. That did not have to happen like that. Uh-huh. But they were feeling so strongly that they made these decisions. Uh-huh. And looking back as an adult, you're just like, that was dumb as heck. Uh-huh. And it kind of makes it all the sadder, I think. Yeah. But realistic. Yeah. 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 So are you going to watch season two? 
Yeah, because I need to know what happens. <laughs> I'm also always down for like a cult show, a show about a cult. Yeah. And I think yes. that's, yeah, we're definitely yeah. going to get more of that in season two. We are. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm really glad you watched it. Like all, <laughs> all during your watch of it, you were messaging me like frantically every time something crazy happened. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And um, I would just send back little gifts and <laughs> try not to spoil you, basically. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. That was fun to observe. So, good. Yeah, great. Good. Cool. Yeah, I, I will definitely wait until until I can binge season two again. I don't think I can oh, do that okay. week to week. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch it as it comes out. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, next week, we're going to, we're going to shift gears quite a bit. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to um, talk about the new HBO series, The Gilded Age, the Netflix film Tick, Tick, Boom, and the Apple Plus series, The Morning Show. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also email us at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And you can find the show's website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store. And please rate us and review us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.